0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us, and monthly co-host Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is sponsored by Ginger Glasser at tarotbyginger.com. So if you're looking for a really good tarot reading or some advice on matters of love, money, career, whatever, definitely go to her website, which is at tarotbyginger.com and now without further ado our guest for today is matthew Tankersky, tank tankersley and um, he is a visual artist a video maker makes youtube videos and he does all types of things and um, i'm sure this is going to be a interesting episode so thanks for coming on matt
1: you're welcome, Gary. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show.
0: Anytime. So, tell me about yourself. Like, what brought you down this road?
1: Well, uh, there's been plenty of things. You know, it's you know everybody has their own road to walk on. So, I don't know if I could be on any other one. But <laughs> it's uh, something that kind of really uh, made me want to share a lot of this. I'll say it that way, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what brought me to want to share a lot of, of my experiences was a few years ago when uh, things started changing and uh, my industry is was considered essential. I'm out there rolling and other people aren't. So uh, I kind of had a, some ideas why, but for a long time, let's just put another mile marker on the timeline of 2008. Things changed for us Americans in some kind of major and um, uh, sophisticated ways that not every person really has control over. So things changed in 2008. I started doing things differently, and a lot of people did. A lot of folks that I speak with. That was a, that was the time when people were like, "Oh, I'm going to start doing it like this now," or "I'm going to do my banking differently." Or what uh, was
0: 2008? Was that the economic crash?
1: Yes. That's generally what I'm, what okay. I'm pointing
0: Yeah, to. so we had like nine eleven, and then the crash. And-
1: right about eight years later, then the the two big defails, right? So the, the car industries and some other, some, the, the big banks and the hedge funds kind of started merging together and or they were allowed to do business under the same roof in 2008. So those were pretty big ramifications for the uh, economy and the uh, like the stock market, the finance world, so I was starting to do things different then, but other people were kind of talking about it, and there was a feeling like, at that time, I feel like there was uh, a sense that uh, there was going to be pushback for people who didn't go along with things, or there was going to be made fun of, and then what happened, nothing really happened. There were just fewer people with alternative perspectives, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay. So then, you know, with things happen more recently, I sort of said, well, okay, this is the game plan. I've seen them play this play before, mm-hmm. and I need to really kind of start talking to people about it, and hopefully do it in a fun way that won't turn people away like some doom and gloom stories. <laughs> so uh, that's that's sort of the the why I started saying, well, maybe I'll make some videos, or maybe I'll try to take this artistic idea and put it into words and images into a video and maybe it'll it'll kind of make sense because you know that one thing I like to look at is the uh, the artist uh, the uh, artist Matt Graney from The Simpsons and every time something major happens it's like The Simpsons did it or the Simpsons were trying to tell us and uh, you know I don't know him personally but I do have some of his comic books from back in the 80s mm. Mm-hmm. And they're just as prophetic and just as sort of kind of beat around the bush like we're telling you something special, but is it really or, you know, is it really just like we're all just sort of imagining the same stuff and this person just decided to draw and show everyone?
0: Right.
1: So uh, so those are really interesting ideas to me that, that, that um, they come from the, the art side of things.
0: Hmm. So, so how did, like, like, the way that you're going up until 2008 mm-hmm. – And then how you, like, what were you doing at that time? And what change of direction did you take afterwards?
1: That's a good question. These are really good, uh, like, really tangible subjects. And for me, in my life, I was an employee. I was working for Apple Inc. at the retail level. So I was working at an Apple store. And uh, I was really feeling myself getting... um, uh, more into a pigeonhole of customer servicey kinds of jobs,
2: mm-hmm. and, uh,
1: and 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 also the the Apple store was really good on metrics. They they were very accountable. They really wanted to hold people accountable. Like you sold this many iPods, and this many had a uh, protection plan, or they kept very good metrics and stuff. So it was there was comp- competition there for sales. And uh, so I was sort of feeling this competition thing, sort of, you know, seeing through the veil that the people who are really making money are the business owners and the sales folks. So uh, I was thinking, I was already seeing, like, when this little retail thing ends, I need to be moving closer towards the sales or closer towards the business ownership for me to keep, you know, growing a career. So that's what I was doing. In in the beginning of 2008, uh, I uh, lost my employment agreement with Apple Inc. And there was a lot of fun working there and have good things to say about them. Uh, but I went towards trying to uh, do more sales and I was making business to business calls selling IT products and services.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a company called SunGuard, which I think it was just recently, like uh, 2019, that their major data center was attacked in uh, Tennessee. It was there was a um, sort of a, uh, another one of these vans kind of talking about um, threats you remember that
0: yeah I do yeah
1: it's kind of the big deal mm-hmm. so this company and at and t are right up sort of on top of each other in there and they they have and Sunguard backs up all kinds of data and when I was working for them I was calling on all these businesses to uh, you know say you know we have disaster recovery data backup services and uh, never Ever failed. Whenever we've had somebody on our or a company on our service, we always have their data ready, and uh, and that was a, a brilliant job. I really loved having it because it opened my eyes to a whole industry of information technology that I you know. The, and of course, they sold little consoles that plug into your server farm and everything. But there's a lot more to it than that. And one like for example, one thing that they offer as a disaster recovery option in their disaster recovery plan. corporations in America, there are 18-wheelers full of servers and cubicles and brand new computers that are just waiting for some stuff to go down. And as soon as some stuff goes down, then these mobile units are going to show up, and the workers are going to drive to the parking lot like they do every day, And instead, there's going to be someone redirecting them away from the building and into these 18 wheelers. So that's what it takes to sort of keep the wheels rolling. And it's highly likely these things have happened and it just didn't put it in the news Mm -hmm. uh, because it wasn't a big enough deal. Uh, But but anyways, that job, just making these business-to-business calls and being on a computer in an office, it really started to wear on me. And I knew it wouldn't take very long. So I told myself, okay, six months, six months of this office job and these sales jobs, I got to get into something else. And uh, I did. I pushed in that direction again to selling uh, radio commercials.
0: Hmm. It's interesting. So,
1: yeah. So I, I was really like, I'm really like, I got to be the sales guy if I'm going to get out of this employment trap. So I got uh, into the uh, sales of. Basically, radio commercials, and this was like at the very end of two thousand and seven, and I got this job, and I'm like, yes, and I have to wear the, you know, the, I'm wearing a nice coat, and I'm like, I got to go find my, you know, target clients, and then show up and make all these appointments, and, uh, and of course, that's when the economy sort of broke. And all, everybody I was depending on to make commission sales were all small business owners and their story, they most of them had the same story. Like, we're not hiring anybody right now. We're going to just kind of make sure that we can just keep everybody paid and mm-hmm. we might have to fire somebody. So, uh, so that was what was happening in my world in 2008. I fell back on when, when, when I couldn't make any commissions. And it took a couple of months. I did make some sales in the radio and I kind of, I really liked the industry and the product and the service and I still listen to the radio but uh, in 2008 I fell back into my uh, horticulture discipline for a company doing lawn care and uh, spreading fertilizer, treating weeds, actually paid all right uh, from what I was used to and uh, the commission sales that were, uh, it was not a good time to be working <laughs> working in that direction uh, but you know uh, so that's so in 2008 that's what I did and really I was shifting things around that was like my career life mm-hmm. my personal life my uh, my personal account was with one of these bigger banks and I had a credit card with Chase Bank so I immediately started pulling my personal account I like opened an account with a small local bank I'm like as a checking account as a checking account. And then my, the credit card debt, uh, which was ridiculous because I really had very little and it uh, never got paid. So uh, I actually ended up getting uh, um, uh, being a victor in a class action lawsuit against the JPMorgan Chase Bank because they were doing this predatory lending stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took that debt and put it in with a local credit union. And later on, that, that's, that stuff started coming up. It was like 2009, I think they had the Wall Street whoop de doo stuff, and that's, that, but but I was, I actually, um, and I didn't get rich, you know, again, but, you know, they, they paid, because of the lawsuit, I got paid back some money that would have been these exorbitant fees where they were really, really kind of screwing with people. Yeah. So that era, that's what I was doing.
0: Hmm. So that's interesting. You know, I, too, um, I think around 2005, I started working in the cable industry in customer service. And I stayed that until 2017. And, um, and I found, I mean, it, it paid the bills and then some, but it was very, it was not gratifying at all. To me. Um, so it was just terrible. Um, so... Then what? Like, 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 then how did you get into, like, you know, the visual art, the creating the art, the creating the videos, um, the martial arts? Like, how did, how did those things play into this?
1: Well, the art side of things I uh, had always been doing, and uh, I, had, I was an artist when I was a kid, just drawing pictures, and uh, started doing, uh, I started doing. St- Wanted to kind of start a landscape company when I got out of high school, uh, but probably good advice. My parents were like, No, you're going to go to college and you're going to learn about something so you can come out with a college degree. So uh, I studied art in college and um, was really glad to because I was just so sick of school at that point. I was really sick of school and uh, I just needed to, if I was going to do anything for four more years, do something that would. Um, not drive me crazy like a office job cubicle will. So uh, the, the art thing I was always kind of doing and um, the, the video editing. Uh, the people that I worked with at the Apple store will put me to shame on my video editing skills. But uh, I've, I've been just sort of working with that and um, uh, getting better with it the more mm-hmm. I do it. And uh, uh, the, the art and the video editing stuff was, was sort of uh, with well the art was definitely sort of there I've always kind of wanted to um, do art or get creative with things that I have be it a pen and pencil or, or like little random broken parts around a shop start putting things together and uh, uh, trying to find a balance where I can still continue doing that art and also keep up with school studies or earning an income and Uh, or serving some higher purpose. If there is one (laughs) just trying to uh, do the best I can with what I got, you know, so. um. Hmm.
0: So, so if you had any success, like with the art and the video editing and, you know, trying to find your way out of having to work like a regular day job.
1: Yeah, I have found some success. And I'm really almost surprised. And this is sort of how, you know, but from studying entrepreneurship, I would love to, you know, refer people to the Entrepreneur Magazine or Entrepreneur.com. They've got a YouTube channel, but just generally inspirational stuff, things that just happen to people's lives that work in their favor when they're really pushing it. And when people are just, if, when people put that intention in their head that they're going to do something. Every day, feed it a little bit and just feed it, feed that intention every day. Strange things do start happening. Um, Things that are unexpected, they show up. Sometimes it's an obstacle that you just need to get over. And sometimes it's something that where you align with somebody and they're going in the same direction. Oh my gosh. So there's interesting things that happen. And uh, you know my situation has changed a little bit. Um, I'm carrying a lot more now family members and can't take a whole lot of time off to just be out in landscapes. Even though it is sort of an essential industry and I, and I love it and I um, enjoy doing it and uh, it's a time issue for me and uh, I have seen some success and and getting some things together, putting videos out there and I have been studying and trying to copy the people who have been successful with doing what I'm doing and people make more popular art than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's people that make more generally likeable images um, and, and maybe I should do more of that. Maybe I should do more of that mm-hmm. than um, some of the, the images that I have made. Um, so I feel like um, uh, there's people that are just crushing it on some of these sites like I have a site on Redbubble which It's a wonderful platform. You can find silly shirts and um, like political quip, one-liners and and images and stuff. So it's a wonderful site um, for for that sort of thing. Um, And I've started uploading images on there, making these videos, and then uh, I don't get a whole lot of views on my videos, you know, right now. But it's interesting to see which ones do get views, Mm -hmm. and. Uh, when I, when I, if I make a sale, say for Redbubble, for example, I get analytics on where it came from, and most of these, uh, you know, as a salesperson, this is kind of what it comes down to. I'm not just doing it to sell stuff, but it, there should be a, a recordable byproduct of my efforts, and uh, these sales are coming in from overseas, oftentimes, and uh, South Korea. And uh, like Australia and places in Europe, so it's it's interesting. And uh, not so many sales in the United States, uh, but you know this is, this is just metrics. And, and success isn't like a, a line that you cross. Mm-hmm. It is just sort of waypoints on the path. So uh, I, I you know, I'm not uh, going to give up or anything. But it's I like to look back at these waypoints and just see sort of where we've come and uh, and. Mm, maybe uh, draw some conclusions from the information that has come back in that feedback loop. Uh, so that's kind of how it's going right now. It's not like I'm getting rich or anything, but it is cool to make sales and see where they came from and hmm, Interesting. everything, every little bit helps.
0: So <clears throat> one of the things like like with my own experience, like with, for example, with this podcast, I always go to these podcasting groups on Facebook when I first started looking for advice on what to do. And what I found was when I copied like what these people were doing or take, took their advice, I was having no success at all. So I started doing the complete opposite of what everyone else was doing, which was like, you know, rather than putting out one episode a week, I started putting out five episodes a week rather than a 45 minute episode. i would put out an hour and a half episode. Um, the topics I would cover were the complete opposite of the topics that they were doing. Like they were doing self help and entrepreneurship and this stuff, you know. So I started c- covering things as far out there as like um, necromancy and crazy stuff, um, and that's where I found success.
1: That's great dude, because what they're saying is unpopular. That's an untapped market. That's it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes um, it, it's really stepping out of the box. And I think, too, in business and sales and when you're starting your own business, when we go and look for advice to other people, you have to take into consideration that we're going to be competing against these people, too. So, therefore, they're not necessarily going to give us the information that's actually valuable. In fact, you might even try to mislead. Have you come across any of that?
1: The, the people who are teaching you become your competition? Mm-hmm. There's some of that. Uh, that's sort of the uh, nature of education, I feel like. That's almost just like uh, education. Like, even from, from martial arts, especially if someone's trying to kick your ass... Like, if you're teaching ass-kicking, if you're going to teach this person how to kick ass, they're going to learn everything you know. They might come after you, yeah, right? But then, so there's there's that element. There's also, maybe out of respect, you don't go after your teacher. Uh, but it, but the uh, the idea, and you've probably found this. I think most grown-ups. They have to explain something to a, uh, a, a child that seems very obvious from living in the world for, of uh, you know, twenty years as an adult. But to break it down into smaller pieces, uh, and uh, something that um, you know a, a four year old could remember or figure out from what you're telling them, mm-hmm. it, the brain has to work in different ways and it has to simplify things and make things tangible. And in doing that. Um, it's a mental challenge, but it simplifies the thought process, I think. So people who teach are making those pathways in their mind where they're gonna be able to learn it even at an accelerated rate. So if somebody's teaching um, how to build websites and then here's some, you know, Zoomer learning how to build websites, are they gonna overtake that the teacher? It's possible. It's possible. But that teacher already has all the knowledge they're sharing. Plus, now they're learning from students who are asking them questions. So when the students come back and they're like, well, how do you do this? Or what about when this happens? Then, well, now the teacher's really being confronted with, you know, the, the little tiny gaps in their in their studies. And so I feel like teachers are going to – the idea is to propel students forward. Um, but I, I, I don't think that the – students are really gonna come after the teacher or unless the teacher really turns out to be a jerk or you know has an ulterior motive or something uh and, and you know i guess that, that you know there's that saying if it, if i see if it looks like i see, i know this isn't a perfect quote but if i if it looks like i see further than other, others because i stand on the shoulders of giants so so whenever somebody sort of gets held in a limelight they're like they're so brilliant like they might have just made the recent discovery on what people have been working on for decades or centuries. So, uh, um, they, you know, there's always the the folks that came before, uh, and you know, granted, I guess there's a certain level of success where you know, if if I was making a million dollars a day, I'd be tempted to take a vacation and not really care so much. So, you know, as long as as long as there's skin in the game, then. Uh, as long as yeah, as long as a teacher is still sort of like putting things out there, I think that that's a a good place to be. Students, or may not see them as competition. But then again, I I, I totally get the the uh, the point you're making, especially with some of these subjects that are uh, have a little higher density of people that are involved with them, um, like making videos. Uh, there's obviously a lot of people sort of. Uh, making videos in their life now, and uh, that's um, there's a lot of people that have things to say about it, and uh, it, it is a good way to communicate for sure. And people are going to get better and better at making videos, um, and if, in that regard, there's so much data being created that uh, without you know, without any. Uh, unseen um, obstacle to that, if it just keeps expanding and expanding, then the, the, the amount of information, and it seems like it'll just get buried, all the stuff that we're doing right now, and, like it really could. I try to find websites and stuff that, or maybe I, I, I found in 2003, 2004, 2005, and, and sometimes like the information or the video, even if I'm searching for like everything I can remember about it, it never pops up. So, is the video not there, or has it just been buried by so many other things right. that just?
0: This- you have to. We have to keep up, like with technology. You know, like even for example, my podcast. You know, like, like how long is podcasting going to stay popular for? Eventually, it'll probably switch over to something else. Something else will overtake podcasting. So you always have to be ready for the next wave of technology to to come by and, you know, we have to beware and look for, for what's going to happen next. Like, if, if I, like I know for myself, if I just stick with podcasting, at some point I'm going to fail because people will no longer become interested, you know. So what I'm wondering is, do you have a plan or framework for the future you know, for your art, for your media, and you know, all the other projects that you're working on, videos.
1: Yeah. Uh, some things I have planned for, and uh, I have backup. I've backed up things on optical disc, mm-hmm. so I do have sort of some, some backups. Um, now, the if we're really looking at the bigger picture, I don't expect these pieces of technology to be with us too much longer. Uh, this, the, these computers and, and glowing rectangles and uh, optical fibers, this is all sort of a, a silo of knowing, where decades ago this silo was chosen to be the one to, you know, sort of push and get everybody under this silo of technology, where it's, it's, it's very good technology, but it's, there's a, there always seems to be a, um, an element that we don't need. And it's extremely expensive. And, and like, for example, I have a cell phone and uh, my uh, friend of mine has a cell phone. We only live maybe two miles apart from each other. But when I call his cell phone, my cell phone has to go to a tower, to a satellite, to a server somewhere on Earth, back up to a satellite, and then to another tower, and then to his cell phone. So these signals are pinging all over the place, even if it's just here to there. So it's a lot more logical and efficient uh, to simply connect one phone over a tower or two and then back down to the phone.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But, it, but we can't do that because of the corporate influence and everything right now. That's just how the how the products are built. So, you know, we had those Nextel phones. Do you remember yeah, Nextel I remember those. yeah. That was a great technology, right? That really cut out the, the centralizing thing, which is where all the money keeps disappearing too, as well. So we can have a little the The technology we have is sort of built for this paradigm. So we're, we're obviously kind of at the end of it. And uh, it seems like some of the... Changes are abrupt, uh, but there's certainly things that are in place that are going to be easy transitions to. You know, I think if we have um, phones that are not smartphones, but maybe like like radio phones, where it can choose a more simple bandwidth, if the, you know, given a phone that, that, uh, or given a manual option to choose a, a, a smaller bandwidth instead of going through a, a centralized um, channel that might be an easy way to just say, listen, we're making all this data. We just need to stop making farms full of servers because we're running out of hollow mountains to hide them in. And so that might be a, a very simple way to get rid of a lot of extra fluff that we have with the technology. And it isn't. I feel like there is a paradigm. We are at about the end of it. It served its purpose to an extent uh, but the, the, I do feel like we're in a silo of technology and there's definitely people who are, are using, um, much more advanced technology and also t- things that we can do that don't require technology that have simply been forgotten. I think those, those are sort of the things that are, are going to bring us, um, closer with the planet, closer together and, uh, um, and maybe less, uh, vulnerable because of the, the way that, um the way that the computers and the phone technology has sort of developed under the silo. I feel it's very vulnerable and um, it's not very accountable for the things it's doing. So I think that the, 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 we'll, uh, a few years from now, we'll look back at the age of cell phones and computers and kind of like feel like they were like toys. Like maybe they were like a growing up phase, and here we are now in five or ten years. I could be wrong, I could be maybe overly optimistic about it.
0: Do you think that in the future, like, like do you think that the big corporations and governments will, will still be making the decisions and controlling how we use technology and what we're doing? Or do you think individuality will rise up? People will, like, like, you know, small people like me will will be able to make a difference. Or, do you also think the world will be better off without technology and without banks?
1: Oh, uh, I think people like you will probably be better off. and People, like, kind of, you know, officialdom is probably not better off. I think most, most of humanity will be better off um, because... Uh, some of the uh, ways that these computers have been used were laid out to be nefarious in the beginning. I think some of these, these these silos of thought that when they were you know putting all these getting all these technologies together and like really pushing their advancement, which is you know it's how they how they do it. Uh, they don't just come out there and ask science to, to do it. The government does it first, and then they parse out the the pieces that will you know, and then the public sort of funds it back. Um like the like the space program is a little bit like like the public space program is a little bit of a joke, but it took a whole lot of tax so called taxpayer money into the government, and they did they did some things. They did a great show, but at the end of the day, like it didn't seem to conclude. And then you really kind of, and but now we have other things like Space Force and Galactic, there's or Galactic, I think Galactic Virgin. So there's private companies now that are uh, pushing the space thing. But the it was the governments that did all of the research and development, and uh, you know accidentally like screwed up a little bit. Whoops! So they so the so the mistakes were made on the taxpayers dime, and mm-hmm. then when they really kind of like. Refine it down to something then then they'll turn it over to you know make a profitable venture out of So I feel like and also the the, the that motive does sort of change things and As far as someone's intentions, you know, if, if it was someone's sole intention to Really just make as much money or absorb as much power and get to the top of some hierarchy uh, Then then this is very self-serving and they might get it, but then the structure that got them there starts to fall apart because they weren't tending to it properly. So, um, so there's, the, the, there's some social structure things that, like, if we want to look towards the future in the next five or ten years, that I think will be really good. And uh, uh, I think humans are responsible enough uh, and mature enough to handle it. There's some people. It seems like some of the younger folks. Yeah, are, I,
0: like, like that one, I have to question. I don't know about that. <laughs> from from what I've seen over the last four or five years, you know, uh, the responsibility of humans seems to have uh, taken a few steps backwards.
1: Okay, that's 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 too that's that's true. I hear that. I guess there's some folks that are really kind of like trying to be the grown up in the room, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and there's some folks that are kind of not going along with, with with the authority of that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of unhappy people right now. There's no shortage of things to be upset about the hierarchies around the world. With um, they they have not done a very good job. Um, and yeah, the responsibility thing. They've we've sort of been sold this idea that you can be irresponsible, and society will just pick up the slack for you. And that might be the case for, for a teenager or a kid. I mean, I did some really stupid stuff when I was a teenager. Like, I, you know, destroy, like, young boys, we tend to just destroy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, including ourselves and just, like, wrecking ourselves, doing stupid crap and getting hurt. So so there's that sort of growing up phase. But, you know, when there's, when there's grown ups around that um, don't want to take the blame for how they accidentally let the cat out and the cat got hit well whose fault is it you can't blame the cat you can't blame the person who was driving that just this animal just jumped out in front of them there's no malice or ill will on their part it was negligence on the pet owner so and then you know, people don't want to and this maybe this is something i saw on on uh Uh, on the internet where one of the neighbors was complaining about this and it turned into a huge thread but it was a person uh, a grown-up that was just sort of trying to not be a very responsible pet owner like if you really cared for your cat you wouldn't let it walk out the door Mm -hmm. um, you know because there's cars around and it might get hurt so they didn't want to take that I got some flack on the internet for just sort of being cut and dry and um, maybe 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 now it seems like now is the time summer of 22 when uh, there's some tough love that comes down from the top and uh, I don't think anybody needs to get hurt but it's but it's but people's feelings might get hurt people's feelings might you know the, these Supreme Court decisions came out and some people's feelings got hurt because of the way that the court ruled and uh, I feel like there might be some more of that some more sort of disappointment before we really get the solutions into place. But there's definitely people like, um, people that are into sort of pushing this uh, sort of new brand of consciousness, this, this, this way of thinking that is not the corporate media or the state funded educational system. You know, there, there's different ways of addressing uh, folks that is, is a lot faster and there's a lot less emotion involved. And, um, it might be, I think it's a, a big part of how we're going to be able to uh, not just like grind through the problems of humanity, but float above them and, and just kind of not have to float down there again to deal with them again. Uh, it seems like this, uh, like a, a lot of things do come down to duality and this, this paradigm.
0: Right. So, yeah. so you, tell me what your vision for the future would be like. It's
1: it's a little bit different. We started um, this. This kind of came up when I was uh, talking with Jeremiah. We did a video about uh, uh, remote viewing and uh, sort of traveling time. So there's uh, there's some things that are kind of and, and, I, and I, I, there's some things that are that I can that I feel comfortable talking about. But like this is something I really sort of need to. Uh, speak clearly about because uh, because of the nature of time later on I might regret saying some things that I'm saying right now in the now moment um, but and when we're looking into the future there's different potential timelines and we'll, by the time we get there all of our consciousnesses will agree on one of those timelines but before we get there it's still eight or more potential timelines. So, you know, we look to what, so if we do a future viewing or even just sort of a feeling like, where does this feel like it's going? Um, i try to be careful about it because I don't, because I know the power of consciousness is that it can create reality. We are consciousness creating machines. And if somebody puts it out there that, Every like somebody puts out an idea like Job of the Hutt is gonna come back and squash Seattle. Like what if people Seattle believed that and everybody believed it? I think we would see Job of the Hutt come out of the ocean and start going at it. If people believed it.
0: I agree that so I agree.
1: <laughs> so so I don't wanna put anything out there and say, Oh, you better watch out, Job of the Hutt is back, right? I don't mm-hmm. wanna put something that out there and then people like take it to heart and really start believing it because, because of the power of their psychic ability, whether they know it or not, they could manifest that reality. So you know, there's there's uh, the, and the multiple timelines thing. Uh, there there's a lot of things going on right now that make it difficult or uncomfortable or maybe just don't want to try to predict it. But uh, what the future holds, you know, I uh, we all see some news and try to stay up on things, uh, but generally i'm kind of optimistic one weird thing is that we're, we're seeing this we're seeing like a disparity um we're seeing a disparity between uh, some folks that are uh have a more positive outlook and and some folks that are, are really like kind of like not not doing so hot um and uh some of that's related to in my opinion prescription medication and uh I, i'm not a licensed psychologist or you know I'm, I'm not licensed to give advice on people's mental well-being uh right uh, but because of this uh crisis like I've, been, I've seen stories like america's having a mental health crisis i feel like i need to you know i just want to help i want to mm-hmm. put some good vibes out there maybe shed some light on alternative perspectives where you know i know like, well, i went through the the schools too i know what they want to push and the sort of reality that they're trying to create and that's all it is what is it what it is but at the same time there's different ways to look at things and sometimes it just takes uh, looking at a situation from a different perspective and they're like oh well I was all up in a tizzy about that but (laughs) but when you put it like that it's like well I think I'd rather you know go feed the birds on the front porch for a little while um, so, so those sort of things that, that I feel like, um, and, and I, the, the reason why I started caring, in 2021, three of my customers died of heart failure in my landscaping industry. And that's, that's pretty unusual. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of customers, um, just a few hundred, but mm-hmm. usually it's, it's not like that um, abrupt. And then this year, in 2022, one of my customers is like pretty well off. They've got a lot of different properties. And um, he was, and they built, they're they're builders. His son was absorbing the remodeling part of their business. So the daddy's doing these big general contractor jobs. The guy about my age has the wife and the kids and he's a dad and he's doing these remodel uh, jobs on high-end residential. Well, uh, I would... I got called in to do some work and found out like there was a lot of people bringing flowers up to their uh, house, and it was because the younger guy had taken his own life. And I'm like, this guy had like he was living the dream
0: right.
1: You know, he had he had a good income that he, there's no way he could possibly get fired. Um, as long as there's anybody living around here, he's gonna their company's gonna do great. Um, beautiful white like everything like this guy and I, I didn't even know him you know I've only sort of like seen him walking in and out or like on a job or something so I don't have any like real personal attachments to him but you know, but but to see that like somebody in, in that position that really had it going on um, has has you know they checked out and you know they checked out and I'm like tree golly like I've got a I, I gotta help some folks because uh, you know I think like we're, we're right we're we're already in the golden era.
0: I agree. And,
1: yeah, I think we are in the golden era, and some of these parts that we don't need are just falling <laughs> off, and uh, we can't be clinging on to those parts um, moving forward on things. And I'm I'm looking for ways to help more people and uh, sort of get to that point uh, because I can't just put a sign out there and be like, "Hey, talk to me about how you feel sad." I can't really hang that one out there uh, because of the way that the industry is developed. It's a paradigm, um, and I don't know if there's going to be a lot of help coming from within that paradigm. I, I, I don't, don't know. Do you know?
0: It's a tough one. You know, I, I agree that, that 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 we are definitely ha- having. You know, mental health is an issue. You know, it's definitely a mental health crisis, and I think sometimes the use of the pharmaceuticals is almost barbaric, you know, to what it does to the brain and to the body, you know. I'm not saying as a doctor or, or anything else. Like I'm saying that I, I believe that people there are people that need those medicines, in order to function. <clears throat> but what I'm also saying is there's alternatives, and those alternatives need to be looked at, addressed, researched, and tested, to, to see how they work. Um, you know, because this other meth modality that we're using now is eventually going to become outdated, and it's just going to cause more harm, I think, at some point. Um, yeah, we definitely
1: and, need to bring in some other things to the fact,
0: and, and also therapists, you know, like, like a lot of these therapists, I, I think, use these outdated models of psychology. You know, they're, they're using... Um, like, 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 for example, when my parents died, you know, and I went through this grief counselor at my job. And he went through the five stages of grief with me. I'm like, you know, it's, it's just complete bullshit. It's just like when you grieve, you grieve and it just never goes away. And you have to, you have, like, like for each individual, our experience is collective. So it's, it's partly the same. And then it's individual too. So we almost have to navigate as an individual our own way through this collective and that's really tricky to do and it's very different for each individual person
1: yeah there's a, there's a lot out there um, and uh, it is everybody has different pieces that they bring to the table uh, so it's and, and the thing is we need those voices too Like people need to hear that hear that voice hear, the, hear those people's perspectives on things and uh... And, and hearing just a normal person saying that and not just here we are with Diane and she just talked to so-and-so and this is what they had to say you know instead of speaking for people or putting words into people's mouths or having some paid spokesperson to go to this is the kind of communication that I think really makes the veil kinda of come down and we can talk to people who are um, nearby or far away, young or old, and and literally just talk straight to them instead of having it to, having to go through to some you know conglomerate kind of thing where they're going to be able to hunt and pick the information they want to put back back, back out based on their intentions. So that sort of. Hides the 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 truth a little bit, and it's and it happens so much in so many respects. People aren't getting their voices heard, or the people who are having the microphone put right in their face, or maybe the like really unpopular opinion. And um, it seems like if everybody holds that opinion, then uh, well, let's kind of just do what they're doing. But it really might be a tiny percentage, and we really just can't tell. We really can't tell. You know, we can't really. Do a, uh, a you know put a finger on the pulse of things um, based on kind of where where the technology has led us, uh, but it, it, the, the, there's I think a lot of folks have different uh, angles and different life experiences that that are really important and, uh, and it should be shared and uh, and, um, and and I feel like if the, the industry of, of helping folks like with psychology and stuff, if they were uh, being successful with their industry, then there would be fewer and fewer people asking for help. Or maybe fewer and fewer people of certain generations asking for help. And it's only like the confused teenagers that are like really having all those emotions welling up. You know, when people go through puberty, those emotions are like... Raging, and, and it was wild in my day, and I knew there were programs and stuff out this, out there for us kids trying to, you know, get trying to kind of like bend the genders and stuff, and uh, like this was pretty heavy stuff, uh, and, and, the, and, and the emotions, so like I'm seeing the kids these days, and like I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that most of them make it through it okay. <laughs> things will be okay. Things will be all right on the other when we get through things. As long as you have all your bits and pieces, you're going to be all right. So, yeah, I kind of feel for it. I'm a little concerned. I definitely want to help. And I want to listen, too.
0: So Um, what do you think the meaning of life is? What's the purpose of it all?
1: I don't know if that's a, a... It may not be a very answerable question, you know? Is, is that a question? Has someone else answered that? Can I do a street shout out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do a street shout out on that one. Okay. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's because I think it's different for everybody. You know, um, like I, I, I ask that question a lot, and some of the common answers I'll get are um, one, life is the meaning of life is to learn lessons and to grow spiritually. Another answer I will get a lot is it um, is to help other people, um, and then I have other people who will just say it's just a random act of chaos. You know, m- and, and like, m- uh, like my own personal opinion is it is all those.
1: Yeah. Is there's some there's a purpose to it. There's there's some higher levels of it and. I do know uh, well, and also I, you know, that same this same time frame. I was looking at uh, sort of what does it all mean? How am I going to make a career in this world? How can I make a career and not, you know, sign some deal? Um, you know, uh, so just trying to work through all that. I was also trying to do the the meditation and 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 um, uh, uh, try to stay physically fit and all this sort of stuff. And I found across. A, a a group called the international Buddhist meditation center it's in mm-hmm. downtown Los Angeles and uh, the the Buddhist monk who's a westerner who went and sort of dropped his life and, and went into the monastic world and come back and now he gives these talks and I found his podcast and started listening to it and he gave a really good um, answer for um, what the meaning of life is and uh, is um, the it, it, it is um, Kusala Bixu is his name at the ibmc org and, and and he he said that the uh, there's a lot of questions that people can ask and and maybe ask their whole life and never really get to the bottom of and what's the meaning of life is one of those questions um, what is love uh, some of these questions we can we can we can throw a lot of stuff and beat around the bush a whole lot but. Um, is anybody ever going to come up with an answer? And everybody else say, "Yes, yes, that's it. This one over here, yep, she nailed it. This, yep, she she got it right." We'll just put it in the rest of that. I don't like. I don't know. And it's interesting to entertain these ideas and and throw some two cents on it. Uh, but will will they ever be answered? I don't know if they can. Uh, like if it'll. Uh, and, and what is, what you know, what is the meaning of life? Uh, there's, there's some, I've, I've, I've you know, everything, you, you have the Everything Imaginable show. I've pushed the imagination and entertained some <laughs> folks. And, and what, and here's another interesting thing that I've found that, um, was from John Lear, who, John Lear, a great American, he, 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 was one of these test pilots. and the- Oh, the guy, I
0: know John. Yeah. Well, he died, but I, I used to know him on uh, AboveTopSecret.com. Oh, yeah?
1: Yeah. yeah he, was, he was really active on that, and, and, and uh, he did some interviews. And he was a guy when I, in the early 2000s when I'm like, who is it that knows something? But they weren't in the military. They didn't sign any non disclosures, They didn't pull up a fake name with you as an agent or anything like that. And then John Lear was like, he knew all the people who built the fastest stuff. And airplanes, and and he was in with those guys, but he wasn't part of them. And I started finding out more about him in his interviews. And uh, his interviews, he's he's pretty uh, interesting experiences himself. But he he keeps coming back to this: live live life without greed, lust, or hatred. And uh, we're really just here to develop our souls. Or you know, maybe, and and uh, sometimes that that kind of rings with me, where uh, the body is going to die, but the soul is going to continue existing, and these bodies are down here to give the souls a way to continue experiencing life, so that those souls may mature and maybe get up out of this third dimension. Uh, maybe maybe the souls at that level have different. Uh, understandings of what is and different uh, motives for, for doing things uh, but I think like like it's, it might be too much for our little chemical computer brains to process down here maybe that's something that after our body dies then we'll have a much better perspective on what it meant to be alive
0: you know that's one of the things that I promote quite a bit on this show is is people Doing their own experiments with out of body experiences and death near death experience because you know I've had my own near death experience and it was a game changer. It changed my perception of everything. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. It was absolutely fascinating.
1: Well, I love hearing. I love hearing about people's stories. I don't know if if you've explained it in depth on another show or, or already put that somewhere. Or you want to? Hmm
0: i mean i'll talk i talk about it like in other people's podcasts so I mean, everybody on my podcast has heard it a million times Okay, but um you know i always try to you know you know if, if you want to it, it's a, it, for me it's a um a good idea to experiment with you know like, there's different ways of having these experiences like one is through drugs obviously ayahuasca lsd Ketamine, um, DMT, stuff like that. Um, There's meditation, Buddhist meditation. If you sit and meditate and don't talk to anybody for a week, you're going to have some type of experience. I guarantee it. I mean, I've done it and and you can have some type of experience. Um, With technology, there's things like like one of the reasons, uh, like my intro and outro for this podcast, is, is a binaural beat. You know, playing one frequency in one ear and another frequency in the other ear, and it changes your alpha, the, the waves of your brain. It actually changes your level of consciousness. Um, so different foods that we eat can change things, change in routine, ice baths. There's so many different ways that we can do to change our consciousness. And when you change your consciousness that far and see things from that different perspective – Afterwards, your perception on reality has also changed.
1: I love it, yeah. Just challenging those things and, and shaking up the paradigm a little bit. Uh, what you said about taking an ice bath? That's a reality check, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called the Wim yeah. Hof method. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, so it seems a little extreme, but uh, it, it, no one's going to get hurt right? We'll live through this and uh, it'll be an experience, and it sounds like it's an experience, an experience for sure. Yeah.
0: Have you tried Any anything like that? that? Any, anything? Have you tried anything to change your consciousness in a drastic way?
1: Uh, yeah. They, that, but what I sort of mentioned in the um, beginning of the show, mm-hmm. because you asked uh, um, about um, uh, like changes and stuff like I had done it, and, and I started getting off on how this feeling of complacency kept coming up for me in my meditations and the jobs I was having and uh, working you know feeling like like retail kinda of stuff um, so and then also my meditations um, where we're starting to really I was starting to kinda of feel like like uh, I was in a place of complacency like sitting in the corner of a room where the rest of the world could go by. And if I just Mm -hmm. didn't interact with it, that nothing would be, uh, you know, that I wouldn't have any problems if I Mm -hmm. just didn't interact with anything. And that's, uh, not a, an engaging way to deal with reality. And, uh, and I felt like that was getting, it was getting, I couldn't like, like put on blinders and just like pretend I'm like in some, like, uh, you know, I, I have to, have to be able to interact with this. And, and that's, like, I was like how do I get outside of this and that was the, the message to me was because I've also also aged out of the military age and and you know I had my brush with like trying to sign up with military uh, but the message that came in hot for me was training martial arts and uh, and for me like uh, and I'm I'm a dumb landscaper so it's like for for a, for a lesson to really sink in you need to get punched in the face like I need to get <laughs> smacked <Right. laughs> so, so I'm kind of stupid
0: like that I, I think we all are though I, I, th- I think we all need that smack and, 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 that, and that's what I'm mentioning these things because these are the things that, that, that will smack us so hard that we're just like forced to it, it jars our consciousness to see from another perspective
1: it does it does and so for me, maybe that's what I needed. Other folks may not be like that, but uh, but it's it's one of those things that put make, makes the mind reset. Like, mm-hmm. I, like like snowboarding is another example. You jump off, you hurl on this board down a mountain. There's no trees for another thousand feet because we're so high up in elevation. You're freaking going right. Gravity is pulling, and it's going to keep pulling until the consciousness messes up somehow. But when like, when you're going the speed of, when I'm going the speed of gravity and they start coming into the tree line and stuff, one has to react a lot faster than one can think. So, and it's the same way with fighting, where there has to be some training involved, or the brain is going to try to process all this stuff through an endless, you know, field of uh, <laughs> possibilities. And if I do this, then that, or if, if that happens, then this. The things are happening faster than the brain can process it. It's like if you're getting punched, you got to cover and like get out of the way, and then jump up and like make it stop somehow. So, and and just having to be like having to learn how to learn. And someone's like, "This is how you do it. This is how you block a punch." And then try it. Okay, we'll try it. We'll try it. We'll try it a few times, nice and easy. And then sometime it could be the it could be the an hour, it could be a year later. Somebody's gonna throw a punch. And that information, is like the body has to remember to do that cover, and if, you, if it doesn't, the punishment is pain. So it's a really, really direct connection, and I think some of the dark elements of uh, society have been using that to their advantage for a long time to condition people and things like that. Um, so it, it might, I know it's like the last thing on a lot of people's minds, they don't want to get hurt, they don't want to you know, feel pain. Uh, but they're, uh, when you do it in a controlled environment, like a dojo where everybody's sort of wearing pads, there's only, but, and then you have to sign a form of liability. So the, the parties that are, you are presumably asking for these lessons, the ones who teach those lessons are not held liable for someone's, uh, feelings, Mm -hmm. uh, or physical maladies for asking for those teachings um, that that's something that I, and I think anybody could really benefit from doing some self-defense courses just because of fear you know just because they're really pumping that out these days hmm. um, no 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 something uh, so but that was a, that was something for me I really felt like I was kind of being quartered in my head uh, with complacency and then um, I was sort of like the messages came to me like Train martial arts, and uh, that kind of unwound things and like dropped the level of fear in in my head. And um, uh, that's there's there's probably more developing and you know, other, but that's what I can say from my perspective right now. That was that was something that um, that really helped me kind of get through what was a a, a problematic phase of this you know just feeling kind of felt like i was doing all the right things like eating well and exercising and like working a job meditating and trying and also trying to be a normal dude a normal Mm -hmm. guy i want to go out and like have some beers and talk to girls too and um you know have a little bit of fun once or once a week or so like is is that so wrong is there something wrong with a social life i think no i like still have a social life so Mm -hmm. to keep all these things going and not go total, you know, hermit. Uh, you know, I don't want to go that direction, but yeah. So uh, I love hearing, hearing other people's stories and, and perspectives and uh, and it, yeah, like near-death experiences. And, you know, I'm always kind of curious because I've heard so many of them. And then there's there's like telltale mile markers where people have like said similar things.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've probably um, done about 50 episodes on it so far. <laughs>
1: I have to. I'm gonna have to dig up your archives yeah. and, and, and delve a little more into it.
0: Yeah, it's, in, it's an interesting topic, but yeah, I mean, martial arts, meditation, those things definitely do help people switch what they're looking for, and you can't just rely on ordinary consciousness to react fast enough to handle those situations. It's definitely pretty cool
2: yeah the, the the
1: stuff that's going on like some of it is really just dirty tricks like there's there's people doing just mean stuff it's not nice it's a mean thing to do they know they're doing it they're doing it to be mean and they're going to get taken to the judge it's, they're, they're going to face the judge so I uh, try not to get too caught up in, in that stuff Um mm-hmm. either yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, the, they're they're gonna get what's coming to them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I hope I hope people don't go uh, following them on that journey. You know, they can they can go on their own, and
0: uh, people have their own free will. And I think we all have our own lessons to learn, our own path to follow. You know, like earlier you, you mentioned, you know, like there's people, you know. There's this, there's like this extreme, and then there's that extreme, but everything in the middle. There's a lot more people in that middle than there are in either of those extremes. That is, so, like so that. that's where the real me is, and I think that kind of those people are the people like you and I.
1: I think that's the silent majority, right there. That could be the silent majority. You
0: know, well, we're not very silent anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well awesome. the you know the, the microphone always gets or usually gets handed off to the extremes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's more sensational that way.
0: True. So. Well, you put it out there as something extreme and then people listen to it and then you go, Oh, it's not that extreme. <laughs> <laughs> we we have our own well weapons against it. So I want to thank you for taking the time to be on today. It was a pleasure talking with you. And before we wrap up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you?
1: Yeah, I've uh, set a lot of my links of art and uh, videos and other things that I want to share with everybody on Linktree. And that address is linktr.ee slash m j tank108 and my youtube and rumble channels are both called mj tank so those are easy ways short uh, addresses to find me and I usually try to put my link tree address at the end of my videos in the description box where people can get in touch with me or uh, see other videos and and that sort of thing
0: I'll put the link in the notes of this episode so my listeners can go to your link tree and check out your videos and Rumble and all that other stuff too. So they'll be able to check you out.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I'll see, if, see how my technical prowess turned out on this. I'm gonna link <laughs> back to your show and uh, probably spend some drive time myself uh, listening to your experience, listen to more of your experiences, and uh, hearing about that. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me uh, share a little bit of uh, my
0: experiences. my pleasure you're welcome back anytime and if I ever need a video editor I'm going to reach out to you in fact I probably will because it's sort of like my next project is going to be video content so
1: well yeah we'll see about it I'm I'm doing the best I can with this sort of stuff and uh, yeah so uh, I would love to have So much work to do that I just have to give it all all, out to other folks. So that would be a wonderful problem to have. I would love that. All right.
0: Well, fantastic. And again, I'll put the link to your stuff in the notes of this episode. And just hang on for one moment while I play the outro.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. Cheers.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Couture